Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline Chili. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in just a bit. We are going to preview Kentucky versus Georgia. We are going to share what John Calipari, Nick Richards, and Reed Travis had to say to the media today. And then we might wrap making fun of some old fogies at the end of this show. Uh, but let's start, Kyle, with the press conference that was held today. Uh, John Calipari called for one question, one more question. Then he proceeded to talk for three minutes. Um, he also spoke on the teleconference today. And I guess we can start with Ashton Higgins. He won Freshman of the Week again, second time he's won it this season. And Calipari had some... I thought uh, kind of different re- remarks the way he took normally when he would discuss somebody winning an award like that. Basically, he says he's using him as a, as a positive example to the rest of the team because he had five turnovers in the last game but still won a major award. Yeah, and I, I tweeted it out tonight. I, I'm working on a story. I guess I'll go ahead and say what it is. It'll be posted in the morning. So most people, when you're listening to this, will, will uh, hopefully it'll be up live just kind of about the idea of how, how very close Ashton Higgins was to playing against Kentucky uh, Tuesday night, uh, playing for Georgia. Uh, and so I was going back through some of my notes, um, some of my old notes from when I was actually still at SEC country, and I had gone down to uh, visit Ashton and EJ in uh, Georgia in May, um, and I talked to EJ's coach about Ashton Higgins um, because they had played each other multiple times, I think, but they had just played each other recently in the state quarterfinals, I believe. Um, and Hagen's team uh, eliminated Montgomery's team. Uh, and he, like, as I'm reading through this quote from Montgomery's coach about Ashton Hagen's, I said, you know, what is UK getting in this kid? Um, it is really impressive. I'm really impressed with this coach now that we know what we know about Ashton uh, because he nailed it. Um, you know, I'll just read through this whole quote because I think it's really really interesting what he had to say. He said, I call him young bull too, like Colin Sexton. This kid here is just the ultimate alpha male without the lip service. He's active on both ends of the floor. He plays hard. I like him because he's an unselfish guy. I love him because of how hard he plays. He gets after it. And when I say gets after it, not just on the offensive end, you see a bunch of kids getting all these accolades and you see their highlights and they're dunking the basketball and doing a lot of stuff on the offensive end. They would do a disservice to this kid if all they put in his highlights were offensive plays. He's turning guys over, forcing them into bad spots on the floor. The kid just plays the game so, so hard with a different swag than most kids his age. Ashton is a kid that's going to play his best basketball a few years from now once he fine-tunes his shooting rhythm and his shooting mechanics, but it's nothing he can't do on the floor. He handles it well, passes it extremely well, plays the game the right way, plays hard and unselfish. Kentucky is going to get a kid that will bring it and leave it on the floor every single night, whether he's making shots or missing shots. That's the big things with, thing with kids these days. You can define how they're playing by whether they're making shots, if they're scoring. That's one thing you can never tell about Ashton. If he's not playing well offensively, he's still going to play with the same motor. That's something you wish you could bottle up and sell at a local pharmacy and give to kids because too many kids in today's game only play hard when their number is called on the offensive side of the ball. 
it's a shame it's that way, but it's the microwave mentality. Zap, got to have it right now or I'm going to mope or whine or pout instead of affecting the game in other ways. So, I mean, that is really, really spot on about Ashton Hagen's game, and that was months ago, uh, back in May, before he ever even got to college. So, um, I guess, in the, the battle that you've sparked online between yourself and Kyle Mann versus Rex Chapman, actually, E.J. Montgomery's <laughs> coach is actually the true winner in this in this debate? That is true, but that that information <laughs> was brought to you by yours truly. <laughs> Presented to the masses in May. And I think obviously we, you know, I think most people are aware of the story of Ashton Haggins to a certain extent. Uh, but Calipari was a little bit irked on the uh, SEC teleconference, and then so much so that he kind of almost brought it back up in his uh, press conference today because he said that someone asked him. Uh, this is during his press conference. He said somebody asked me that we got Ashton Ashton to flip, and then he got super animated, Calipari, and he said, "You changed your coach." It had nothing to do with us. If you didn't change your coach, he'd be at Georgia. And so, uh, you know, he, he wanted to make it clear that the Hagens family contacted Kentucky before they reached out after Georgia made its change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he uh, you know, one of the big reasons he, he wanted to make that clear is he and Mark Fox were really good friends. And they definitely did not, they wouldn't have taken Ashton Hagens. Like, even, even if Ashton Hagens wanted to come to Kentucky after he'd committed to Georgia, they wouldn't have taken him. Um, because he's not going to, for one, that's kind of an unspoken thing in the college basketball. It's kind of weird that college basketball coaches do it, I guess, because you'd, you'd always be worried about your roster with such, such small rosters compared to football. But whereas football, it's a standard thing to go try to flip a kid. You don't see that in basketball. It's kind of a gentleman's agreement not to keep recruiting guys that are committed unless they, unless the kid, you know, backs out and wants to go somewhere else. But um, so that's a general thing, but in, you know, more specifically, Cal and, and Mark Fox are, are not just sort of like lip service. They're real. They're actually really good friends and he wouldn't have done that to him. And that, I'll have some more details that make that really very apparent, uh, in my story on the athletic, um, you know, about how he might've ended up at Georgia. But, uh, yeah, I think Cal Perry was very sensitive to the idea. I, I didn't hear the call I, I I was there at the presser today, but I, like, I don't know the tone of the question well it was it was felt accusatory no not at all Uh, yeah that that, that's just i think it kind of showed how sensitive john calipari was to it because it wasn't accusatory at all it was basically like in passing um the question was kind of you know you guys got ashton hagan's the flip what and then it like rolled into another part of the question just about hagan's in general and so the the flip comment was kind of flipped in in the sense that it wasn't any kind of uh, like wagging a finger at Calipari, but like, how could you have done this? It was just like, hey, he changed his commitment. If you know, if, if it had been set up a little bit better, Calipari couldn't have had any room to kind of interpret it that way. If it had just the, the word flip hadn't been used, uh, but since it was, Calipari wanted to take that moment and then took it again uh, to make clear, crystal clear, uh, that the reason Hagens is at Kentucky is because Georgia had a coaching change. So, um, we'll we'll wrap with this Hagens talk. Um, and then get into a little bit more about Georgia, and that'll kind of also be about friendship and those kind of things, because John Calipari was also a little bit confused about a question at his press conference about Tom Crean, the current Georgia coach. Um, But finally, uh, on Higgins, I thought it was interesting, and I think we all kind of realized this, Kyle, uh, but Calipari admitted that normally he doesn't like steals, but he's letting Ashton Higgins go for steals 
because he's that talented, basically. Yeah, if I was Cal, I would give him a little longer leash, too. Um, I mean, he's since he's really taken over as a full-time starter, he is uh, on an absolute tear. I think that the U.K. account tweeted out that he's believed to be the first player in U.K. history to have five straight games with at least three steals. Um, in the seven games, he's been a full-time starter. He started the first game sort of like almost ceremonially didn't did nothing in that game and then was really limited off the bench for several games. But in the seven games since he's been back in the starting lineup, he's averaging 3.4 steals a game, uh, 4.4 steals a game over this last five um, and almost six steals per 40 minutes during that time. Um, I mean, it's uncanny. His, his ability um, and it's a lot of different ways. Like he'll pick a guy's pocket clean know that's that's dribbling right in front of him uh he will jump into a passing lane he's had the you know crazy um you know as other teams i think was it the louisville game the one-handed like leaping twisting interception type uh, mm-hmm. play near midcourt on a pass uh he'll help he loves to to sort of sneak in there as the help defender and and swipe at a guy as he's passing by him uh and pluck it out of there you know he'll just you know, reach. He's got such incredibly quick hands that he'll just reach into these spaces and poke it free. That um, you know, if I'm Cal, I'm like, and he's and for the most part, he's doing it without fouling. Like that's really in- incredible that he's been able to do it so well without fouling. That I would absolutely let him. Ga- I mean, I would. I'd let him gamble as much as he wants until mm-hmm. he does get in foul trouble. Take him to Vegas. Um, Yes. Yeah. Let him. <laughs> I think they have to wait until after he's uh, yeah, declared for the NBA. Well, I think he, he. I think he was eligible to do that in the Bahamas. When was he? Eighteen yet? I don't know. I, I forget what the what the what the rules down there in the Bahamas. That's an island. Who knows what's going on? Right. But I don't think. I think. Uh, I think the NCAA forbids any sort of gambling for anyone, any coach, any staff member, any player. Well, that's. I no, think that's no fun. Anyway, but they're no fun. All right. Well, I guess it's all sports betting. Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, hopefully they can play some poker 21 if yeah. they would want blackjack. That's true. Um, so uh, coming up next, we are going to talk about Kentucky versus Georgia uh, and Tom Crean and John Calipari specifically. But first, I did want to tell you guys a little bit more about Skyline Chili. When it's cold out, the best thing to warm me up is a visit to Skyline Chili. Uh, conies with steam buns and hot chili topped with habanero cheese or a three-way with a big pile of habanero cheese. Talk about uh, something that is delicious, but also a kick of heat. You can order habanero cheese on anything, burritos, chilitos, whatever you like. If you're a real heat seeker, you can also add a few drops of Skyline's hot sauce, like I did to my oyster crackers when we visit, when Kyle and I visited there uh, for the recording of our 100th episode. Um, talking about this kind of makes me want to run over to Skyline today. Skyline's habanero cheese is a great way to turn up the heat during these winter months. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. It's feeling like a good day for a trip to the Lexington Skyline over on Richmond Road across from the Krispy Kremes. Maybe I'll see you there. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We were talking about Mark Fox and John Calipari being buddies earlier in the podcast. His relationship with Tom Crean was called into question today during the press conference, and he did not like that question one bit at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think 
perhaps a better way to ask that, uh, which we were talking to John Hale of the Courier Journal after, and he, he was going to ask before it got asked sort of in a different way. I think the, the fair way to, not fair, but the, the, the maybe more insightful way to get something out of Calipari would have been to ask, like, did the, did the Indiana sort of rivalry and the way that rivalry kind of fell apart and the, you know, I think there were certainly some bad feelings on the, the court storming scene the last time Kentucky went to Indiana and that was pretty much the end of that series. Um, you know, did that, you know, being rivals for a little while, did that change the nature of their relationship? I mean, I, I think both would say they're still very good friends and that never stopped, but I would find it hard to believe that, um, that Kentucky Indiana rivalry when he was there didn't, didn't alter their relationship a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah it was just impossible not to, I mean, they, I, I would, I would think they, you know, I don't have the list in front of me, but they almost certainly went head to head on a few recruits. Uh, they went literally head to head in some games. I mean, that I, I think you could make a really strong argument, a really strong argument that if the Watford shot doesn't go down, forget 2015, Cal would have his undefeated season because there's no way they would have lost the the SEC tournament championship game that year if they were still playing for undefeated. I don't think. Um, you know, because I think at that point, Cal was like, well, let's give these guys some motivation going into the NCAA tournament. Um, yes, okay, MKG, I'll, I'll take your advice and start Darius Miller, the senior Darius Miller in this SEC championship game. I don't think any of that stuff happens if undefeated is still on the line. Uh, and so that was right. I mean, like the Watford shot to me is really the only thing that stands between that 2012 team going undefeated. Um, and so there, that, there was that you sort of robbed that also, like I said, the, the court storming was such a scary deal and beyond scary. I think it made them kind of mad because Darius Miller, again, same guy, about got trampled in that deal. It was hard for those players to get off the court, and, and Marcus Teague took incredible abuse. Uh, but then on the other, on the flip side, on the Korean end, um, that that comes full circle in the Sweet 16 in Kentucky and Indiana play a, another classic, but in a, in a different way, a high-scoring, back-and-forth, crazy NCAA tournament game, and, and Kentucky gets revenge and eliminates probably Korean's best Indiana team. Um and so, you know, you've got that going on. I, I can't see how that wouldn't uh, affect their friendship a little bit. But I, but I do believe, Kyle, when he says that they've never you know, stopped being friends and they remain friends to this day. Yeah. So uh, let's move to on the court, Georgia coming into this game. Uh, we talked uh, before the Vanderbilt game how they had uh, the Bulldogs had an impressive win over the Commodores. Uh, they followed that up at Auburn uh, with a 15-point loss. Well, which puts them at nine and six on the year, one and two in conference. They've lost at Tennessee, at Auburn. Man, that's a tough way to <laughs> to start your conference season out. Um, I don't know. I I think it's obviously since it's a home game, uh, Georgia will have that going for them. But I I, I think that the talent gap is just just going to be too much in this one uh, for the Bulldogs to overcome. Yeah, I mean, the, there's. I guess the one guy that I'm I'm looking at uh, for Georgia, I got to pull him up here. Actually, um, the one guy I'm looking at is uh, this dude Nicholas Claxton, 
is six foot eleven sophomore, six eleven two twenty, and he leads the team in assists and blocks. Um, which I think is an unusual he, combination. I think, I think he leads them in. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He leads them in blocks and rebounds. assists, steals, and rebounds. Yeah, yeah right. And, and is yeah. there is their second leading scorer uh, beside behind. Uh, Hammonds. Hammonds average is almost just under 14. Uh, Claxton average 12.6. Uh, so yeah, yeah that's 12.6 12, a game, nine and a half rebounds a game, three and a half blocks a game. He's got 50 blocks. I mean, that's pretty noteworthy. He's well, well on pace for a 100 block season uh, as a sophomore. So, or, or I guess right on it. They're 15 games into the season, depending on, you know, how many. SEC or any other postseason uh, tournament games they play, but that is uh, that's really impressive. Got 50 blocks, 33 assists, and 19 steals. Um, so you know that that'll be interesting to me to see. You know who is he on? Uh, who do they put on him? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, as we as we've talked about, is this the game you mix up your starting lineup to try to not have a slow start? To, to not let their starters really take it to you, uh, I think you got to think long and hard about Nick Richards uh, starting yeah. that game. I was having some fun with him today. It's I, I have to go back and look, but it feels like they haven't won a single jump ball all season. I think Very they, won, few. they won one, I can recall, uh, and I can't remember. Very which, few. Yeah, which game Probably when was. Nick Richards was in there. He started at least once this season, hasn't he? Oh, well, or maybe I, he has. It, I remember but. PJ winning it. Uh, the okay. one, uh, the visual. Well, I mean, I that's have the thing. They're usually they're usually way undersized on the jump ball with PJ at six seven. Well, um, uh, Nicholas Claxton, who blocks everything under the sun. I don't. I'm imagining he's got a pretty good leaping ability. So uh, even if you put Richards out there, that's not not a guarantee, Kyle. Yeah, but not just for the jump ball. I mean, like like I just think for a matchup situation, like if this dude's an athletic six eleven. Who's you know are PJ or Nick the guy for him? I don't really necessarily think so. Yeah, that's um, true. So this could be an EJ Montgomery or or Nick Richards. I thought uh, uh, type of game. Cal had a, had a had a great line about EJ. He basically said I, every time I watch tape on EJ, he never plays bad. Uh, but, <laughs> he just never plays good. Basically, <laughs> he didn't say yeah. that. He didn't take but, it to that level. But that right. was what was implied. And he said basically that uh, you know I leave the guys in there that are doing work because I'm trying to win these games. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with EJ is like he he has he doesn't you don't see him out there and go man what's he doing out there he doesn't belong. It's just that you don't see him out there and go oh EJ man he can really you know he's done a few things but he's not really like even Nick Richards in the limited time he's out there. There are several times lately where you go, "Whoa, Nick Richards!" He kind of gives them something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think EJ hurts them. He just doesn't. He doesn't help them enough that you can justify him taking in, uh, anybody else's minutes very much. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I think you can start to make that case. And I thought it was interesting. Nick Richards said today. Well, I tell you uh, what, let's tease that, Kyle, because I wanted okay. to get uh, Nick Richards' comments and um, some stuff Reed Charvis had to say to us today. Uh, But first, I do want to tell you guys uh, about Roman. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. 
Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there's no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, and no uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. Fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor, and get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by a doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's easy, so take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. That's G-E-T Roman, R-O-M-A-N dot com slash locked on for a free online visit. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, Kyle, so uh, Nick Richards was told us that John Calipari told him basically he's the key to a championship. Yeah, I thought he said, said if you become a, a rim protector, um, or, or I think kind of the implication, if you be a consistent rim protector, uh, they can win a national championship. And, I, you know, I, there are other things that have to happen, but that, I think, is probably a big key. Um, it's one thing Cal Perry kept, has kept talking about all season. Certainly Cal believes it, um, that it's a key to, to either he or EJ or, or, you know, PJ and Reed figuring out a way to be shot blockers, and Reed has a little more than more lately um, than usual. But uh, every great team Cal's had has had that dude. You know, um, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein, Anthony Davis, um, you know, they've had guys who could, who made you think twice about taking it to the rack. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, I mean, it's been a while for Kentucky to have that guy. Um, you know, even Nerlens Noel, I mean, the, the reason they went from, you know, a team that probably would have at least made the tournament and maybe won a couple games to NIT first round exit was that guy was gone. Um, and so, you know, I don't know if I'd say, I don't know if I would agree that Nick is like the key to a national championship. Um, but when you're talking about, you know, small degrees of separation and you get into the last few teams, you know, where can you make a significant difference, um, from what they look like game one to now? I mean, Nick Richards could be that guy maybe. Um, I mean, if he gives them 15 minutes a game and blocks two or three shots, uh, and contest, you know, every other shot that comes his way while he's in there, it does alter the way teams play. I, I think you, I don't really think it's arguable that he, it feels like he's giving them a lift defensively and they play different and teams approach the attack differently when he's in the game. Um, so I, I, I'm really curious to see, you know, I think before I've been critical of Calipari sticking with, with, Richards unjustly sort of illogically based on how he's playing. I think now Nick has in, in his minimal minutes earned a little more benefit of the doubt that like, okay, maybe he can be that guy. So I'm curious to see, will Cal, you know, pull the trigger mm-hmm. and this might be the perfect game to, to test that. Like he's played really well. You've pl- you've had horrible starts and you've got a matchup where you could use a tall, uh, guy who's going to make it tougher to get to the rim. Who's you know, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm. I think this Georgia game could be an interesting sort of uh, revelation about how serious Calipari is about feeling that way about Nick Richards. 
Um, if you really think that, I think you you certainly and situationally you think about giving him a start, and this feels like one of those games where maybe that makes sense. Nick Richards in the Vandy game took a couple shots, landed awkwardly once. I, uh, Kyle and I were asking about his injuries today. He had a couple funny kind of quotes. Um, uh, he said, uh, other than taking a shot to the head, I felt pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's what he said when I asked him about how he was feeling after the game, after the injuries. And then uh, the, the, I followed up with about the, the awkward leg injury. Uh, and I think, Kyle, you kind of followed up. So this was like a line of question, questioning. And he discussed seeing it on the replay. And he said, when I saw the replay, I said, damn. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm actually surprised I didn't really hurt myself. And that was everybody's reaction. Uh, or te- he said tear something. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he thought he thought he I, was. I think we all we all thought that that he surely he broke his leg or he tore something in his knee because his he's a big dude with some weight on him and that whole left leg was bent up underneath him on the baseline. He landed awkwardly and that whole leg bent underneath him, and he said Cal Perry you know thought that he tore something. He wanted him out of the game because he wanted to get him checked out. Um, I, I found it really pretty remarkable and obviously so did Nick that he didn't uh didn't hurt himself really bad there and I think Kentucky is is very fortunate obviously um a quick comment from Reed Travis uh he said that uh, about the slow starts he said that they need to come out with more desperation Uh, that's something that Calipari actually echoed in his comments uh from the press conference today uh so that's something that Kentucky's been worked on we discussed it at length Kyle kind of touched on it again with possibly starting Nick Richards at the beginning of the game. We're going to wrap here on Saturday. There was some, uh, I will just label it as overreaction. Uh, People (laughs) got mad at ESPN from switching away from a blowout that Louisville was putting on North Carolina and starting the Duke-Florida State game. And Kyle, I think you're on the same boat with me. I was really confused as to why people got so upset with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I sort of get it if you're, you know, a fan of one of those teams, certainly the winning team, and you want to watch, you know, not going to be often in your lifetime if you're Louisville that you're going to go beat the crap out of UNC on the road and you want to savor that. I get it. One, you know, two things. Uh, One, that's not most of the country, and most Mm -hmm. of the country should be happy that they switch off of a blowout to go to the start of a really good matchup, which Duke-Florida State was. Um I think they should do more of that. I've never understood why they don't don't do like who why stick on a 20 30 point blowout if there's something better you can show that you're already, you know, airing that your ne- you know network uh has the rights to. Um the other thing is I mean most people who were com- I mean you see the complaints all over Twitter so it's people that are using the internet and social media and they have a cable package so they have access to watch the rest of the game online. Um, it's not like the games, like they shut it, like pulled the plug and the broad guys broadcasting the game went off, like just stopped yeah. going. <laughs> I mean, you, you could, if you wanted to watch the rest of that game, most people, uh, certainly most people complaining about it could do that. So, um, a little, I think definitely a little bit of an overreaction. And I, like I said, I am for it all the way. If it's a blowout, move on to something worth watching. I agree. So we are on the same page. Um, be sure to be listening on your smart speaker to this podcast, your Alexa or Google Play or whatever you have. Just say, play podcast, Locked on Kentucky, and then boom, we're right here in your ear. Be sure to be following along with us on Twitter, at Locked on UK. 
Uh, find me on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. I have those video interviews with Nick Richards, Reed Travis, and John Calipari on my timeline, so find it there. You can follow Kyle uh, on at Twitter. Kyle. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H, sorry. Read his work on The Athletic, uh, and uh, we'll be back talking about the Cats very, very soon. Thanks again to Skyline for sponsoring this edition of the show. Please rate, review, comment, and subscribe, and then most importantly, share it with somebody else who would enjoy the show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Kyle, I can't hear you. Hello? Kyle. Hello? Yeah, no, I got you. Call dropped. Okay.